0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the first time in my career that I've gotten a chance to speak to this gentleman joining me right now on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. We are joined by Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger, host of the Odyssey original podcast, the best football show featuring daily breakdowns. Of the most important storylines across the league, Brian, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. And- good in Cleveland these days, guys, or what? Oh, man, Cleveland is lit, Brian. It's yeah. lit right yeah. now, man. It's a fun it time right now.
1: Yeah, it should be, man. I mean, uh, this is uh, it's the greatest gift that you could have ever imagined, uh, getting Joe Flacco off his couch in South Jersey and bringing him to Cleveland to see the magic that's happening.
0: Can you believe it? I mean, Brian, think about it. For the first time in his career, he's thrown for 300 yards in three consecutive games. Like, where did this come from? Um,
1: I think it starts with Joe's belief that he can play, that he could still play. I think he was a little missed that, you know, the phone wasn't ringing early in the year. I mean, it's ironic that you guys play the Jets on Thursday night, and he's been a member of the Jets the last couple of years. And, you know, they couldn't protect them, and they didn't have weapons. And, you know, it just looked bad. It was was bad for any quarterback that's gone through there. But, you know, they've got a really good system here. No, I mean, it's hard to run the ball against Houston. They're as good as anybody in the league. But, you know, I just think he had, like, this instant chemistry with both Amari and with Njoku that's just carried through and just a comfort level in the play-action passes and kind of what they're asking him to do. Like, I think it starts with his belief and then the system and – where they want him to go with the ball, I think, is something that is, is pretty easy for him to follow.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at it, man. You know, a lot of people will call Joe Flacco a quote-unquote statue. But his pocket yeah. presence still still, still seemed to be there. I think the throw or – two throws that stood out to me, and I'm pretty sure you did this already on Baldy's breakdowns. But the fourth down throw to Amari Cooper, with, yep. with defenders hanging all over him, he's falling backwards. He's still yep. is able to have the, the arm strength to complete that throw. And then the absolute yep. dime to David Njoku in the end zone for the touchdown. Can you talk about those two plays? Because that right there let me know this can be sustained for the rest of the year.
1: Well, I mean, you got to live with some mistakes now. Because, you know, he's, he's, he's a gunslinger right now. Because, you know, the run game isn't, isn't really all that much with all the injuries and everything. But regardless, I mean, the throw to... On 4th and eighteen is an amazing throw. Across the field, I mean... You know, Amari is, you know, he's got to make a great catch. The defender's right there. I mean, he's just a throw, and then, like, I don't know. I always thought Njoko was a good player, and I think he started off good this year. paying um, pain would be an elite tight end, but now we're seeing it. Like, they're feeding him, and that throw in the end zone was, was just an amazing throw. Um, there's no room for error on that throw. And so, I mean, Joe, you're right. I mean, Joe, you, you could call him a statue, but he's got enough pocket movement and presidents, he's not looking to go run for yards and scramble for first downs, but he knows how to keep a play alive. And he's still 6'6", 240. He's still a hard guy to get to the ground. And so, um, you know, you can still hit him, and he's still, you know, the the mark of a, a player with a strong arm is even when you hit him, even when you bump him, the ball still goes where he wants it to go.
0: Brian, let me ask you this question. Because we started, talk- we started out this program today talking about the Cleveland Browns being legit Super Bowl contenders. If you look at the AFC and how everything is just starting to play itself out, can the Browns seriously get to the Super Bowl this year with Joe Flacco as the quarterback?
1: Well, I think you can defend anybody. You know, I mean, that's, uh, you know, you defended Brock Purdy earlier this year. Um, like I think defensively, you can keep the score down on everyone. It's just a question of, you know, can they beat anybody? I think they're proving that they can beat anybody. Um, so it's it's I think it's wide open now. Baltimore looks like the class, but you know they've already beaten Baltimore. They're gonna see him again. Um, you know, who knows. Uh, you know the fact that they went into Baltimore. And that, Deshaun was there that day, and I think PJ came in for a little bit. And you know, a mobile quarterback certainly helps to beat Baltimore. But you know, you already got one win against them. I mean, I think there's a, a belief that. Um, you could do it again. I mean, Newsom had a pick six in that game, if I remember correctly. That certainly helped, you know, the turnaround. And Jerome Ford had a big touchdown run in that game. So they've gone into Baltimore and won. Um, If they have to do that again, I don't think there's anybody in that room that doesn't believe they could do it again.
0: Yeah, I personally think that would be some type of story if the Browns had to go to Baltimore uh, to play them in the playoffs for opportunity to advance with Joe Flacco, you know, kind of leading the Cleveland Browns. I, I just... I cracked myself up earlier thinking about it, how he led the, you know, current Ravens old Browns to a Super Bowl and possibly can do that right now for for the current Browns. You mentioned the defense. Now, we all know that Miles Garrett has not recorded a sack in what's been five games now. You do wonderful job with the body breakdowns, by the way. I absolutely love that stuff. But when you break down this film, do you still see the future defensive player of the year even without the sacks?
1: Well, uh, you know, you, you're going to need those kind of numbers. He's still stuck at 13, whatever it is, he makes an impact in every game. Zadarius is eating really good right now. He made a big impact the other day. I mean, Miles is just getting so much attention; it's freeing up other guys to go win, and so that's that's a good sign. Um, he just can't be frustrated. They're not they're not calling holding calls. Um, guys are choking him out there. Like they're not. He's not getting those flags. I mean, but a lot of guys aren't getting them. You know. Max Crosby isn't getting them. Uh, he got a couple yesterday, but, you know, Micah doesn't get them. It's just the way the league is right now. TJ, you know, doesn't really get them all that much. So it's just you've just got to keep plugging away. You don't know when your play or the attention you get with receivers chipping you and tight ends chipping you and backs. Those guys aren't getting out in routes a lot of times because they're so focused on Miles. So I, I think he's still the most game-plan guy in this league. They know if, if they leave him just one-on-one that he can ruin any play. And so he still gets the attention. We'll see if you know. I think you know. TJ's like the sack numbers are important when it comes to defensive player of the year. The forced fumbles, the splash plays are important. There's still there's still a couple games left where you could still you could still go, win that award um, if that's something you really covet.
0: Brian, now I, I'll follow you on Twitter. I know you're a huge fan of MJ Emerson. Me myself, I'm a huge fan of MJ Emerson. I think my man is just a flat-out dog. I think he's a playmaker. I think this dude has superstar written all over him. The Browns are in a situation right now to where you, you have three damn good corners. But of those three, who do you think is the best? Martin.
1: I think Martin's the best. I think the way he plays, I think he has the style of uh, – because he's bigger, I think he's, I think he's the best. I, look, I love Newsom. I love Denzel. But if you ask me who's my who I would pick, and I'm not out there watching every single play, every single game, breaking every single play down. I see a lot of it. But I think Martin's been awesome these last two seasons.
0: Yeah, I couldn't dis I could not disagree with that at all. I, I just think this dude and he's getting better, it seems like week by week, game by game. One of the guys that you used to break down a lot before he got hurt was Dewan Jones. And it seemed like we've seen Dewan Jones kind of grow into just this pro's pro with each snap and each game that passed. Now, we do know that also you got Jack Conklin under contract, and, of course, he went down earlier in the season. That created the opportunity for Dewan Jones to get some playing time. Based off what you've seen, based on how he's played, who do you think is the right tackle for the Cleveland Browns next year? Oh,
1: I think it's Dewan. Um you know, you got to watch the offseason now. I mean, we got to see if this weight, if he keeps his weight in check, if he's a real pro about it. You know, I mean, if he's tipping the scales at 4.05 and in May, that's not going to make anybody feel good. Um, if he keeps his weight in check, I mean, what he did against TJ, what he did against Nick Bosa, what he did from the preseason on, like he was a guy that looks like he's built to play right tackle for 10 years in Cleveland. Nothing was too big for him. Looked like he was having a good time out there. Um, I thought he prepared really well. I thought his sets, for as big as he was, and as big as he is, are magnificent, like very consistent. Uh, I, I feel very comfortable about DeWan going forward at right tackle, and I'm not knocking Jack Conklin at all because Jack's a tough guy and a good player. But I think Dewan showed a lot of people that he can play right tackle in this league at a high level. He's got to stay healthy. And he's got to you know, keep his weight down this offseason.
0: Yeah, I couldn't just, I could. I, I definitely agree with that. I think if you keep the weight under control, um, he's going to continue to develop at that position. Sticking with the offensive line here for a second, we know the offensive line has been banged up uh, last Sunday against the Houston Texans. I call it the meat and potato when you have the when you have the interior of your of your offensive line intact. Joe Flacco didn't get did not get sacked at all, and they've done a pretty good job for the most part of keeping him upright and keeping him clean. Uh, is this a testament to, you know, the culture, uh, Callahan? Is, is it a combination of Flacco being this veteran? Like, how is it that this makeshift offensive line seems to have been having some success in the recent weeks?
1: Well, it starts with Callahan. I mean, he's as good as there is in his business. I mean, Bill could still be a head coach in this league. He's got a command in the room. Um, the run game is his. Uh, you know, Jerron Christian comes off the street against Baltimore, I think, um, way back when, whenever that was. And he's, he steps in. He's played probably every snap since. Hudson's been really good. Um, you know, they played with backups in there when Batonio's gone down. But it's, it starts, you know, and Dick Harris has come in there and played good for Posick when he, when he had to. But it starts with Bill getting those guys ready. Um, there's a couple of them in this league that know how to get the next guy up, get him ready, uh, get him game ready. Um, you know, they got a guy in Philly, Jeff Stoutland. But, you know, Bill's been doing that. His entire career, and you talk to anybody that's played with him in Philly or Dallas or Washington, wherever he's been. I mean, he's the master of his craft. So I give I give the uh, I give a lot of the credit to Bill Callahan.
0: Now we know we didn't lost Dustin, we, we done lost Dustin Hopkins here, man. He's dealing with a hamstring inj- injury. Uh, the Cleveland Browns brought in Riley Patterson. Riley Patterson is 15 to 17 this year, 88.2 percentage for on his field goals. I guess. What do you know about Riley Patterson? And why is it that Robbie Gould is not getting any phone calls? Mm, I don't
1: know. Maybe because he's 41 or whatever he is. Um, I don't know that he's not getting calls. Maybe he just doesn't want to kick. Like, he finished with the 49ers. They got a rookie in there kicking good. Um, Dustin Hopkins has been amazing. I don't know how many kicks over 50 yards he had in a row this year. I mean, it's an amazing number. I lost track. It was so many. I mean, look, there's a kicking, there's a kicking carousel that's out there. These guys go from camp to camp. They got to keep themselves ready. The good ones never stop kicking. Um, you know, it's they, they keep themselves in shape, and so it's the next guy up right now. But you know, it's it's hard to replace what Dustin Hopkins has done for this team this year, and really just how good he has been, which is uh, he's he's been outstanding. So I guess Riley gets gets the next opportunity right now. But these guys get hurt, they go on the shelf. They you need a guy to come in there and, and do the duties. You just hope you pick the right guy.
0: Uh, Brian, do you believe that both Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry should be the front runner for respective coach of the year and executive of the year based on everything that they've done this season, how the season has played out with all the injuries and all the adversity and, and how this team has won 10 games, second time under Stefanski's tenure, uh, fourth time since 1989. Have those two gentlemen put themselves in a front runner position for those respective awards?
1: Yeah, but put them up there. I mean, you know, Shane Sykin in Indianapolis done a really good job. I mean, injuries are, you know, they're at, I mean, everybody is beset by injuries. I don't know anybody that's healthy and not losing players. So, I mean, that's kind of just the state of the union. There's a reason why, you know, even after the pandemic, they kept a 15 man practice squad so you could keep guys ready and keep them prepared. So I think that's, that's been a good initiative by the league, which has helped. But, you know, Andrew's done a good job. There's no question about it. And I remember talking to Kevin, you know, in the weight room before the first game in Baltimore, and they just come off a horrible defeat. I forget who it was, but it wasn't pretty. And, you know, it was just, you know, there's no indicators on any given week how a team is going to play. Uh, You've got to go out there and play. And he went out and beat the Ravens that day. Nobody gave him a chance, and they did. But, you know, Kevin is a good play caller. He's a good believer in in his system and how he wants to win games, and you can't have the conversation for coach of the year and not mention and not talk about Kevin Stefanski.
0: I definitely couldn't. uh, I mean, I definitely agree with that. I think Kevin Stefanski has has done, you know, he's he's done a job that I don't think too many other coaches could step in and do with all the different adversity, with all the different circumstances that has surrounded. Uh, this team. One more question on Joe Flacco before I get you out of here. A lot of people believe that the Cleveland Browns should kind of try to lock up Joe Flacco past this year regardless of what was going on with Deshaun Watson. We all know Deshaun Watson is the starter, but just in case that shoulder is not intact or anything like that, do you believe that the Cleveland Browns should have locked him up for two years or is this a situation just let this year play out and see what happens?
1: No, I would lock him up. I wouldn't let him get away. Somebody else going to do it. I mean, Joe's just proven that he can still play and if he gets the right guys around him, he can be a very good quarterback and and lead you to a lot of wins. I, I would not uh let I wouldn't let Joe get out of that uh out of Berea without a two year contract, to be honest with you. And,
0: and and just one more thing on that, you know, you see the offense looking so fluid with Joe. And it looks it looks a little different with Deshaun Watson because of his athleticism and, and the RPOs and things like that. And, you know, some people that I've had conversations with believe that when, when Deshaun Watson is under center, it's a little bit of what Stefanski likes versus what Deshaun Watson likes. But you hear Joe Flacco talk about, you know, this is just all Stefanski. When Deshaun Watson returns, should it still be some of what Deshaun Watson likes or should it just be all Stefanski?
1: No, I think you should always cater to what somebody likes. You know, I mean, I, I, if Deshaun wants input, because of certain things he likes and is comfortable with, you should always build your game plan and your playbook around player strengths and, you know, trying to hide their weaknesses. So I I, I would agree that, you know, Deshaun should have input. I think all quarterbacks should have input to what you're doing. I don't think it should just be dogmatic. This is what we do and this is how we do it. I think there should be some, some input from the quarterbacks that are involved.
0: Brian, man, I appreciate you t- uh, for taking a few minutes out of your day to joining me. Uh, first time in my career, I got a chance to interview you, man. This is definitely on my bucket. Uh, I can check this one off, right. off the bucket list. I thank
1: All right. You. Well, likewise, I'll consider this a bucket list uh, moment for myself.
0: Oh, uh, cool, man. I'm going to mark that. Thank Y'all you. mark that in the studio for me. <laughs> All right. All right, Brian, take care, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. Happy New Year. You bet. Happy take New care. Year to you as well. That was Brian Baldinger on the Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Uh, And as always, man, our Odyssey, uh, Odyssey NFL insider, make sure you follow the best football show with Brian Baldinger on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.